Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. We are back. Took a couple weeks off from the podcast after the main fantasy season ended. I mean, hopefully you can forgive me for that one. You know, after going four months with basically no days off, I needed a little bit of time to recharge and it was two weeks away from the show. It was only one week away from work because last week I was back at it. I published my very, very, very early 2023 redraft rankings. Plenty of changes to come for those. You know, I got to finish my prospect analysis and then I'll add the rookies to the mix. We'll also have free agency shaking things up, but it gives you an idea of how I'm valuing players right now. And I identified all the looming free agents in there as well. So you'll be able to see all that if you check those out. I also did a full update to my dynasty trade value charts last week. And now that the busy fantasy season is over, I'm going to have updates to those at the beginning of every month during the off season. And I say this every time I get a lot of questions on this stuff, but the values in there, they aren't rigid. It's more like a guide. You know, there's a lot of other factors that you have to consider when you're crafting a trade, especially when you're talking about the rookie picks. I also provide values for those as well in there. So you use it to see if a trade is close to being equal, but don't just trade player X for player Y because you're gaining, you know, one point in value or something like that make sure it's also in the best interest of your team. And don't worry, I'm going to be around all off season. I'll be answering questions on Twitter. We'll do some mailbag shows and stuff like that, where I can hopefully help out with some of those trade situations for you. Now, I know it's been a long intro here, but we're getting all caught up for today's show. What I want to do is I want to go through my early 2023 rankings and give you some of my takeaways, things that I realized during it, things that surprised me, some things that people had the most questions about immediately after they got published, uh, the rankings that maybe I'm not as confident in because we're in January and there's a long way to go. So let's spend some time. Let me try to give you some clarity when it comes to the rankings here heading into next season, which I know it seems very, very far away, but before you know it, it's going to be free agency and then the draft and we're going to be right back into the fray. So the more you can keep on top of things right now, the easier it's going to be for you as the year goes along. So let's start with quarterbacks, and it's pretty chalky at the top. I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. The first thing that people might notice is that I still have Justin Fields in my top five, despite the fact that the Bears shockingly ended up with the first pick overall in the draft. We all know how that went down in week 18, and it could make them consider drafting another quarterback here and gaining an extra couple of years on a rookie contract, in which case they would turn around, they would trade Fields for just a boatload of picks and players. The other possibility, and the one that I think they're actually going to do is keeping fields. And we talked all season long about how fields really got comfortable out there this year and the switch just flipped for him. And that's so huge for a young quarterback. When you see that moment, when they start to control the game, fields was finally doing that. We knew he had a good arm though. You might not have seen it that often just because the receiving core was pretty bare after Darnell Mooney went down for the season. And you know, fields, There's other things too. The big one for fantasy, the rushing stats. He's fantastic there. But once again, it's not just about the tools. We all knew that he had the skill. It's about him finding out how he can succeed as a pro, how to beat defenses, showing that confidence on the field. And we saw that from him. So I would be shocked if the Bears decided to go for the mystery box and select a new quarterback, a guy who could be a boss. Not every guy, even in the top five, ends up hitting 
you know, taking that over the guy that they have who showed flashes in 2021 and then was really good in 2022. And based on the incredible rushing numbers, we know what he can do on the ground and the expectation that the Bears are going to use their cap space. They're leading the league by a wide margin this offseason in cap space available. They have over $100 million to spend this offseason, plus all the draft capital they're going to have. I know they gave away one of their second round picks for Chase Claypool this season, and that looks kind of foolish now that that pick is going to be so high. But you figure they're going to trade out of that first spot. They're going to just get a ton in return for that one. So it's going to be ample opportunity to find weapons, to improve that offensive line for field. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with more help around him in 2023. And that's why he's still a top five fantasy quarterback for me. And a guy who has a shot to challenge potentially for quarterback one overall stats next year. And we saw that from Jalen Hurts from season to season. I mean, Hurts was the QB six in fantasy points per game last year. And then he finished as the number one overall quarterback in fantasy points per game this year. Fields, yep, quarterback six on a per game basis this year. Maybe we'll see him push for that spot at the top next season, but the Bears are going to have to do quite a bit around him to help him in the same way that the Eagles did for Hurts. Let's hope that the Bears can get that done. The other really notable thing for my quarterback rankings is Kyler Murray being just way down there at quarterback 14. And to be honest, that might be too high because Murray, it's the injury. He suffered a torn ACL. He didn't undergo surgery until the beginning of January. And according to friend of the show and one of our repeat injury analyst guests, Edwin Porras of Fantasy Points, he said it'll take 10 months from the time of surgery for Murray to get back to high level performance. And before Cliff Kingsbury got fired, he had said that Murray likely wouldn't be ready for the start of the 2023 season. So we're looking at a dual threat quarterback who might start the season on the pup list. And then when he returns, are we sure he's going to be as aggressive as a runner in 2023? It might take some time before he starts to open things up on the ground, or he might not be as effective as a rusher in the early going when he comes off pup finally. So fantasy drafters, I think they're going to have a really tough decision to make. Murray likely going to be more of a late round stash this year since you might not have him until sometime in October, maybe even later. And he might not be the same fantasy producer at first, you know, when he does return finally from the injury. In addition to the fact that the Cardinals are talking about trading away his best receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And we still don't know who the head coach is going to be in Arizona yet. So a lot of moving pieces there. I'm likely going to be staying away from Murray in 2023. It's going to depend how far that ADP eventually falls. There's more I could talk about at quarterback. I'll try to go over a few things quick here. We have the 49ers quarterback debate with Brock Purdy playing so well, but is this just a short sample size blip or could Purdy be the long-term answer in San Francisco? My initial feeling is that this is a really nice story, but that Purdy eventually is going to get exposed, whether it's in the playoffs over the next few weeks or maybe next year when defensive coordinators have a full offseason to analyze his game and to prep for him. I'm still on the Trey Lance bandwagon. I'm sure no one's surprised to hear that, though I will admit that if Purdy keeps this up, it's going to be a legit quarterback competition in the offseason, and Lance isn't guaranteed anything, but I think we can all agree at this point, man, Kyle Shanahan's system is fantastic, and man, pretty much any competent quarterback that you put in there is going to put up decent fantasy stats, so I would really love to see what Lance could do out there when you factor in what he could do on the ground as well versus these more pocket passers like Purdy, 
like Jimmy Garoppolo. And speaking of Jimmy G, I mean, it's not out of the question that the team could bring him back potentially, right? Though I will say it seems like he's going to move on to a new team after the season. And he's just one of a really a huge group of starting caliber quarterbacks who could end up on a new roster in the next few months. Guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to flirt with retirement, but we might see them back in action in 2023, maybe on new squads. You have Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, they performed pretty well this year. Did they do enough to earn new contracts from their teams? I think so, but we're going to have to see on that. There's also Lamar Jackson, who really seems to be unhappy with the Ravens, but you figure they're probably going to franchise tag him. They're not just going to let him walk. Derek Carr, who definitely appears to be done in Vegas. Tua Tagovailoa, the scary concussion situation this year. Will he play next season? Could he potentially take some time off or maybe even retire due to the health concerns? I mean, those are storylines that we just don't have answers to yet, and I'm not going to sit here and speculate on all of them. I think we're going to have plenty of time to discuss that during the offseason, so I will leave quarterback at that. Let's move on to my running back rankings, and the big story for running backs, it kind of plays off what we just talked about with the quarterbacks. There are a ton of free agents. There are a lot of unknowns entering the offseason for the running backs, and It's tough because it makes it so difficult to rank these guys, but we have a huge list of ball carriers that are going to hit free agency. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Deonta Foreman, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris. The list goes on and on here. Jamal Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Alexander Madison, Rashad Penny too, even with all the injuries. It's easy to forget about him, but he also will be a free agent. And unfortunately for those guys, running backs really don't get massive contracts these days. So we might see some of them return to their current squads, maybe on team-friendly deals. There's definitely going to be some movement though. And we might see some of them join teams that already have established starters. It's not guaranteed that they're going to go to a squad and all of a sudden they're going to get these monster workloads. You know, you have clubs really trying to make sure that they have a lot of depth in their backfield. So we could have a few of these guys hurt the values of some other star backs too. I hope not, but let's face it. We know what's going to happen with somebody. So like the free agent quarterbacks, I did my best to rank them just based on talent And based on me giving sort of an educated guess of how I think their situations are going to play out. So that means Barkley, Jacobs, they're still in the RB1 range. Pollard's really a wild card, but we saw this year he could be a top 10, top 15 fantasy back when he's given the touches. Can't wait to find out where he's going to go. I would love to see him get signed by Miami or Kansas City, one of these really electric, exciting offenses, you know, somebody that could use him really well too. And then the rest of the list... Montgomery, Sanders, Foreman, Singletary, Hunt, Harris, Williams, McKinnon, Madison, Penny, those guys are much more situation dependent. So they're all in the low end RB2 to low end RB3 range, and we'll sort them out more accurately as we find out their 2023 landing spots. One name, though, I will say that I'm not as high on is Kareem Hunt. And I mentioned this one at some point during the season, but We've been waiting for Hunt to get a backfield to himself for a couple of years now, really since he left the Chiefs, and we might finally get it this year, only he really didn't look like the same player this season, and I didn't like what I saw, so 
I am much less interested in him and his fantasy potential moving forward. That's kind of where it stands for me. We also need to be mindful of some of the young stars who are going to be working their way back from these major injuries. So specifically, Brees Hall on the Jets, Javante Williams on the Broncos. And Brees Hall, he was well on his way to win an Offensive Rookie of the Year before his season came to an end after seven games. Still finishes the RB7 in fantasy points per game in half PPR formats. Unfortunately, we were robbed of what really could have been a league-winning fantasy season from him as a rookie. Now he's got to overcome a torn ACL. That might cost him some time early in the season, and it could really limit his production a bit. But assuming everything goes well, he apparently had minimal meniscus damage, according to Ian Rapoport. So Hall should still be a factor in 2023. Kind of like how Saquon Barkley, not this year, but Saquon Barkley last year, when he was coming back from his torn ACL that happened a couple years ago, if you remember, Barkley got off to a decent start and then he suffered a different injury that cost him the rest of that season. Then Barkley comes back this year and is just a world beater again. So it's hard to project top 12 numbers for Hall next year. I have him as more of a high-end RB2 for now. And then we're going to have to monitor his recovery. Given his age, it's not impossible for him to get back to form and be really good in 2023. I would just lower expectations a little bit for the coming season. Still a very bright future for him. I'm far more concerned with Javante Williams, though. And Williams' injury, apparently it involved his ACL, his PCL, and his LCL. And I'm going to go to our buddy Edwin Porras, his analysis again one more time. He compared this injury to J.K. Dobbins' injury last year. And we all know Dobbins missed time early in the season. And then he really struggled to regain his form, started to look pretty good late in the year. But remember, Dobbins suffered his injury in August of 2021. That was before the season. So it took him well over a year to get back to anything close to his prior production. Williams he got hurt in October this year. So there's no guarantee that he's going to be an effective back in 2023. You know, he might be a full month behind Dobbins timeline. And we don't know that for sure. Maybe Dobbins had setbacks that delayed him, but I would expect that the Broncos are going to go out, get another back, maybe one of those mid-tier veteran free agents that we talked about, somebody that could come in, handle the bulk of the work early in the season. And if that happens, then Williams might be splitting with them later in the year it really, it all adds up to Williams being a potential stay away for me in 2023. I have him down at RB25 at the moment. I love the player. I love the talent. We're going to keep an eye on that rehab, but I likely won't be investing in Williams until 2024. Another takeaway that people might notice in the RB rankings is my guy, DeAndre Swift. He is back up in the RB2 range. Cam Akers, He's also right behind him, RB18 and RB19 respectively. So Swift, I will say it's tentative here because if the Lions decide to bring back Jamal Williams and all the touchdowns that he scored this year, or if they go out and they sign or they draft another back, then Swift is going to fall a bit. This ranking has everything to do with me liking Swift and with that depth chart kind of opening up if Williams leaves. The problem is Swift just can't stay healthy. And I think the Lions would probably be foolish not to invest in another back to pair him with. So that makes it really hard to rank him at this point. If it was purely based on talent, if he was getting 15 touches consistently, Swift, yes, he would be a top 10 fantasy option. But I doubt that happens right now, just based on what we've seen and how he's just kind of broken down time after time. Now, Akers is a different story. He was coming on late in the rookie year. Then he suffered that Achilles tear before his second season. And because of that, I talked about this relentlessly. 
I was out on him. I did not want to pick him up for 2022. We just, we haven't seen backs come back from Achilles tears and then regain their form a year later. But we've gotten a couple examples of guys who maybe two years out have started to get back to their form. And sure enough, Akers began to show some signs of life down the stretch. And from week 13 to week 18, he was the RB6 in fantasy points per game. And he finished the year with four straight games where he had at least 100 yards from scrimmage. So that is very promising. If we can get some better health from the Rams, maybe a couple additions to the offensive line in the offseason, you know, Akers has a chance really to get back up into potentially the RB1 fantasy conversation. And for now, we're going to keep him in that mid-range RB2 area. I'm going to be keeping a close eye too on his ADP, but definitely someone that right now I'm interested for 2023. And like we did with quarterbacks, I'll just throw out some honorable mentions here. The rookie class for running backs, very good one. Led by a potential superstar, everybody knows the name, Bijan Robinson. I can't wait to find out where he's going to be playing. That's going to be a really interesting one. Hopefully he can find a backfield where he can get most of the work. We see so many backs come in, like a Javante Williams, where he comes in and he's splitting time with Melvin Gordon, so he really doesn't get a chance to explode right out of the gate. But regardless, Robinson, a very promising player and a potential immediate fantasy star, depending on the landing spot. We're definitely going to have a few more studs in this class too. I mean, Jameer Gibbs. Zach Evans, Sean Tucker. I'm in the middle of my prospect prep right now, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I like this rookie class for running back. So that's going to alter the landscape a bit. And then we're going to see what happens with some of the veterans like Aaron Jones, who the Packers are saying they want to keep him, but he's 28 years old. He's due a big roster bonus coming up and they have AJ Dillon there who could take over. So Jones's future might not be settled. He'll probably be back in Green Bay, but that's not for sure. We'll see what happens there. We also have the Alvin Kamara suspension. That's possibly still hanging out there. The trial got pushed back all season long. We should see a resolution one way or another in 2023, though. And with Kamara turning 28 this year, with the Saints kind of seeming displeased with him this season, I mean, there were rumors trickling out about them not being happy with his preparation for games, which maybe that was the reason why he wasn't used like he had been in some years past. Either way, Maybe the Saints just decide to move on from Kamara in the offseason. That's another wrinkle that we're going to have to stay on top of, too. I think we can move on. There's a lot more we could talk about at running back, but we got all offseason to discuss it, so I'm not going to go over everything here. Let's move on to receivers, and the first takeaway, this one is actually really easy. It's the thing I got the most comments and questions about when I put the rankings up. Garrett Wilson being my wide receiver 12 for 2023, and that is not a dynasty ranking. He is even higher in my dynasty rankings. That is a redraft ranking, and I get it. The guy was wide receiver 31 in points per game this year, just 12.7 points per outing. And people, sometimes they want to look at the end of the year stats. Not everybody goes deeper than that. Not everybody watches players closely, but believe me when I tell you this, Wilson was outstanding as a rookie. One of the best rookie receivers I've witnessed and it's not really a surprise. He was my number one wide receiver prospect last year. I know some people went in a different direction. Wilson was the guy for me. He delivered. The only thing that held him back was Zach Wilson. And if we remove the games where Zach Wilson played, it leaves us with eight contests where you had either Joe Flacco or Mike White getting the start. And in those games, Garrett Wilson averaged 17.3 fantasy points per game, which would have put him as the wide receiver seven in that category. And I'm expecting, I think we all are, the Jets are going to make a move at quarterback. 
I don't know who it's going to be, but I am certain that it's going to be an upgrade on Zach Wilson. So I would get ready for Garrett Wilson to absolutely go off in 2023. I am going to be drafting him everywhere. And just because I love Wilson, that doesn't mean that I dislike the rest of the 2022 receiver class. Sometimes people want to make it like that. I'm going to be investing in a lot of these other second year wideouts. Chris Olave, that one's obvious. Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Traylon Burks. They all had moments as rookies. The best is yet to come from them. They all have star potential. Make sure you're getting some shares of those guys. Also, make sure you're getting some shares of Jamison Williams. Even though I know we didn't get to see as much of him as these other guys, he was coming off that ACL tear in January. He's going to be locked and loaded for 2023. I would get some shares of him. He'll probably be a lot cheaper than those other guys. I'm also going to be investing in some of the third-year wide receivers who really haven't broken out yet. So guys like Rashad Bateman on the Ravens, Nico Collins on the Texans, Kadarius Toney on the Chiefs, they still have high ceilings. We know about all the other stars that came out of that 2021 receiver class. We might see a couple more names join that list in their third season. You know, Bateman, he just needs to stay healthy. He was off to a great start, at least 59 yards in each of his first three games, scored a couple touchdowns in that first month too before injuries derailed his season. You have Collins. He showed signs of being a really quality fantasy producer before he got hurt, had at least 40 yards in seven of his 10 appearances this year, and he did that in a bad situation. Now you have a quarterback upgrade coming. We don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to get somebody. Collins, he's not going to be a league winner. I'm not suggesting that, but he can be a really valuable fantasy piece. I think more valuable than people realize. And the same can be said for Tony. I mean, the 2023 story, it's not over for him yet. The Chiefs are still in the Super Bowl hunt, but as long as he doesn't suffer a serious injury in the next month, Tony is going to be in a great spot next season. He's going to be even more familiar with that Chiefs offense at that point. And the ceiling is really big, especially if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves in free agency. And then, I mean, we could talk about some other offseason notes that I think people should be watching for. I mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins trade rumors. The score's Jordan Schultz. He's the one that reported that last week, and he reported it, unfortunately, after I had published my redraft rankings, but that definitely would have an impact on DeHop's value. It would also affect Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Rondell Moore, even tight end Trey McBride going into his second season. That could give him a boost. It would also potentially hurt the value of the receivers on whatever team Hopkins ends up on if he does get traded, and that is still an if at the moment. So, That's an important offseason storyline we're going to have to follow for fantasy. There's not much to worry about free agent wise. I mean, not a ton of big names out there. I mentioned Juju, Jacoby Myers, DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, who's played well this year, Alan Lazard, who's had some moments for the Packers. So we would really need trades if we're going to see anything significant happen at the receiver position this offseason. And I think that's good for receivers for now. So let's finish this off with tight ends. And I'm going to go rapid fire here because there aren't really any big storylines at tight end that I think we need to talk about. It's more just assessing where things stand. So Travis Kelsey, a drop-off is going to occur at some point. He's going to hit that age cliff. It happens to everyone, but he is just so far ahead of the rest of the pack at the moment that it's impossible to bump him out of the number one spot. I do think that a healthy Mark Andrews is locked into the number two spot for me and a healthy Mark Andrews could compete with Kelsey for that tight end crown. I'm hoping that Andrews doesn't deal with as many injuries in 2023 and he can get back to that role where he is challenging Kelsey for that top spot. Uh, George Kittle, 
TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, they're all really solid. You're going to get good numbers. You're going to get some spiked weeks, just not as consistent as the elite guys. Kyle Pitts still has that top shelf upside. He's everybody's darling in fantasy, just needs a quarterback upgrade, and he needs his coaches to use him a little smarter. Drake London, him emerging, that could ultimately limit Pitts' elite ceiling because Kelsey, Andrews, they're the top targets on their team. So Pitts might have to share that number one role with London, might even end up as the number two option there, but it's hard to argue with his talent. The quarterback play was just atrocious in Atlanta this year. The system, that hurt him too, you know, before he eventually got hurt himself. Just don't forget that we're talking about a 22-year-old tight end who already has a thousand-yard season under his belt. So Pitts is going to be a fantasy factor for a while. I'm going to be taking that ride again with him in 2023. After that, there's guys like Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku. They're intriguing. Wouldn't really take that much for them to join the likes of Kittle and Hawkinson and Goddard, kind of get up into that group. And those guys that I'm talking about, you know, Fryermuth and Joku, they had some injuries this season that held them back a little bit, but I really like them. And then we have the unknowns. You have Darren Waller. He's a trade candidate. I don't think he's going to be back in Vegas next season. Dalton Schultz, he's a free agent. His best value probably would be in his current situation in Dallas, though. Evan Ingram, he's a free agent. His best value is probably staying at home, staying in Jacksonville, and being used like he's been used down the stretch. He's really stepped up. And Mike Gusecki, he's a free agent too. He's the one that needs a change of scenery though, because in the right offense, he could be a top 10 fantasy tight end. So free Gusecki this season, fingers crossed for that to happen. And then I'm pretty hopeful for the second year tight ends. Greg Dulcich, Chigakonkwo, they showed the most this year, some really bright flashes of their potential. And for a Conquo, Austin Hooper is a free agent in Tennessee, so Conquo should get a shot to take on a much bigger role next year, but also Kate Otten and Daniel Bellinger and Trey McBride, who we mentioned earlier, Jelani Woods on the Colts, they're all on my radar as late round sleepers. We're just going to have to revisit them after free agency to see what did their teams actually do to address their pass catching cores and where those tight ends going to slot in in the pecking order there. Not really many surprises in the tight end rankings, though, like I said. So I figured it was better just to hit a bunch of guys rather than only going over a few. But that is all for today's show. I'm going to be back next week. We will have a very special guest. I don't want to spoil it. He has been on the show before. I always love talking to him. But until then, big thanks to everybody who reached out, who thanked me for helping them with their fantasy season. Many of you took home at least one title. I love to hear that. And as always, big thanks to everybody out there for listening. I'm glad we are back at it. I'm glad we are into our 2023 content. There is lots more ahead. So we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight.